You're listening to Real Talk. I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't know what Deadwood is? Oh, no. Thomas, you're missing out. This is why I lie a lot. <laughs> hey, I get that, though. You, you know, when well, because whenever people say, have you seen this? And you're like, no. Then they go, what? Okay, you haven't seen I, it? I don't like that, though. Like, I get not seeing it, and you feel like, yeah, I should be seeing it. But, like, I don't get the whole thing of, like, how have you not seen it? Like, how is it a sin that I haven't seen? Yeah, there's a million movies. Yeah. I've just, why, I've, can't, I've watched... why can't some slip through the cracks? You know, yeah. what's the deal with, like... I've been trying. I've watched 14 movies this and what's month. The, you know, I'm, I'm, I've only had an X amount of years on this planet, an X amount of those X amount of years yeah, where I'm able to understand these movies. It's really annoying coming from an older generation. Yeah. And they're like, what? You haven't seen Metropolis from 1923? <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Thomas. And as always, it's your boy, Carson S. Davis. It's your boy. Welcome back to episode eight. We made it. I feel like I've said Is that. Is it really welcome back? Have they been to episode eight before? Well, not to it's, episode it's eight. Welcome back to Real Talk. Welcome back to Real Talk. They haven't been to eight. Well, welcome back to Real Talk. It's this, episode this eight. This is episode, yes. Yeah. Well, hey, Anyways, hey. And I'd like to just say a warm congratulations to ourselves for making it longer than the average podcast does. We are is... officially one episode past it. Yeah, we are. All right, guys. Actually, yeah, one episode. Well, hey, let's get into it. I've got a couple of things I want to talk about that occurred this morning. Oh, boy. Um, all right. So we're in the... Is it, this has to do with just all cashiers. If you've ever purchased anything from anyone... At a, at a uh, local business, professional mm. business, Walmart. At re- in retail. Anyway, if you've ever purchased anything in your life, this has happened to you. So this is probably one of the most relatable things we're going to talk about on here. When you pay in cash for something mm. and they hand you the cash back, how do you like them to hand it to you? Mm. Because nine times, point. nine times out of ten, they'll put the bills in your hand. Your hand is and face your palm. on top. Exactly. That's annoying. I hate that. I don't like it either because it's slippery gotta, on the bill. Exactly. The coins go everywhere. Exactly. And you it's, you can't put it back in your wallet efficiently because what I do is cash bills go in the wallet. Yeah. Change goes in my pocket. Mm. Loose change goes in my pocket. So I, al- I always have to like dump it into my other hand, put it in my pocket, and then fold up the bills and do it. And I don't like that. I would rather them hand it to me separately. See, here's here's the thing. I don't like the I don't like the coinage on top of the bill. I don't. I don't. What I prefer, it's a bit of, it's a bit more work. It takes two trips to the register, but it's it's a lot really. It's it's there's more respect in it, and yeah. comradeship and gratitude in it. It you do the receipt with the coinage. Okay. Okay. Because here's why the receipt. Well, it's not as ve- slippery. Yes, and it's a lot thinner. So what you do is you put it all in your pocket. And then you take the receipt out because it's easy to separate the coinage from the receipt. Mm-hmm. Now you have your receipt, your coinage in your pocket. The bills come, put that in the in the billfold. Yeah. Now usually I just tell them I don't need a receipt because I don't do taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I just refuse no. to do that. I'm just kidding. If this is if you're listening to this in the 20 years in the future, I do my freaking taxes. Okay, take a joke. Um. Anyways. That's all I wanted to talk about because we were getting our, our coffee this morning. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it yeah. when they do that. No. It's really annoying. No. Just how do you feel? Hey, how do you feel about the uh, 
gratuity included. I don't like that either. I don't like that. I feel like if I'm the one paying, mm. you get. To I decide. should be the judge of how well the service is. And I don't usually go by the percentage. Mm. I just tip what I think that they deserve. Mm. Okay. Interesting. And what I'm capable of tipping, <laughs> which is sometimes not a lot. Sometimes it is a lot. Now, that depends because now, like the other day, I went to Waffle House. Yeah. Um, not, I could go to like a five star restaurant, hey, right? Hey, Waffle House. Gotta love it. What's the deal with that Waffle House? You know, it's cheap. It's good. good. It's good. It's waffles. It's just, it's just not clean. But it's just, but the only reason it's not clean is because you see the kitchen. If you saw everybody's kitchen, it'd look the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, and, and I think this is just more of a breakfast place thing than anything else. Yeah, because Denny's, IHOP, Waffle House, all the same. Sticky tables. Oh, it's the syrup. It's the no, syrup. No one needs it. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want to eat a waffle without syrup. No, it's just it's a nuisance, is what it is. Yeah, you, you can't avoid it. It's just uh, it is what it is. Um, but here's the thing: I I tip what I think they deserve. So, like, if it's a ten dollar meal, I'll tip forty percent. You know. Mm. You know, because yeah. 20%, $2 yeah. seems like th- yeah. it's going to take them forever to no. make anything even worth looking at, you know? No. Yeah. Or even like 10%. Is that really? A dollar? Yeah, no. no. So like in cases like that, it's like that's way more than what is the suggested gratuity. Yeah. Makes right? sense. Yeah. However, whenever I go to like, say, let's say like salt grass. Mm. A little bit higher up. Tipping 20% there means a lot more because yes. your meal is, say, $30. 30 $40. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mine's usually never as much as 40 Well, than, if you're in a group, it could get up to 40 60 yeah, 80 Yeah. You could reach 100 But, but even you know. then, if I'm in a group, sorry, guys, I pay for myself because if they if people know that you're paying ahead of time, they're going to treat themselves. Mm. You know? Thomas, you know, you just admitted that if you were in that situation, you would No, treat no, no, yourself. no, no, no. Me personally, I don't do that, mm-hmm. unless it's like, unless you know, it's like I they actually, owe me. You know, <laughs> actually, <laughs> I I don't uh, I don't like having someone pay for me. Really, I kind of don't like in that general, either. Because then I feel like self conscious about what I order. You know. Yeah. It's kind of a pain. Yeah. You know. Well, I gotta say thank you. You paid for my Starbucks this morning. I oh, did. I wasn't I did. gonna get one. Yeah, and he wasn't Carson gonna get said, one. Hey. hey. Get, get, hey. get whatever you want. And then he just wanted to get a drink because he was self-conscious about having something. Yeah. I was like, hey, Thomas, exactly. hey, get you something to eat. So, like, so he got a croissant. When I worked down in Houston, a lot of the time um, my boss would like want to treat us to lunch. And I didn't like that. Because you feel like you can't order what you want. Exactly. Because you feel like you just need to get a, a little salad. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Because just something like, to let me, let me use this nibble on. Let me use this yeah. as an example. Yeah. Um, 90% of the time when I go to Chick-fil-A, my order is this because, um, well, uh, here's, here's my order. Yeah. Just tell us. I'll, I'll get a uh, 12 count nugget. Okay. Meal. Yeah. Grilled or breaded. Oh, just the, the fried nuggets. Okay. You know, like, yeah. I, I, don't like, I don't like yeah. the grilled nuggets yeah. too much. I don't um, mind them. Really? No. I don't Just, I, pre- I prefer the, the traditional. No good. No good. No good. I mean, they're halfway good. Yeah. Just not all the way. I think they're good. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> anyways, anyways, um, I get a 12 count nugget meal. Okay. And that's perfectly acceptable to order if someone's paying. However, I always get an additional sandwich because I feel like the nuggets aren't enough to fill me up, you know, but whenever they offer, mm. so we're, we're down in 
Houston, and she offered to pay this today, and we're going to Chick-fil-A. And I said, no, 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 let me pay for myself, because I, I usually get more than the average person. And they, you know, they always insist. They're like, uh, no, 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 get what you want, get what you want. And it's like, God, you, you say that, and then my meal's going to be $14 at Chick-fil-A, and I'm going to look like an asshole. Mm. I just, I prefer to have the peace of mind and none of the awkwardness and just pay for myself. You know, I'd rather be just 14 bucks short than be in awkward situations like that, you know, because then that day I'm not fully sustained by my lunch. Mm. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. You know, it becomes a all day problem. I would actually dread it whenever my boss would offer to pay for lunch because of that. Hmm. You know, I feel I feel like I couldn't get what I wanted. Yeah, it makes sense. I I, I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. Anyways, it's a total nuisance. But it, then you can't you can't say that because they're no. it's very kind of them. It is. It's thoughtful, but at the same time, it's just like stop. <laughs> <laughs> no one after this, anyone who listens to this is never paying for me again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You're no. like he's an ungrateful son of a bitch. <laughs> It's not the ungrateful. We, we, we're no, grateful. No, I am grateful for it. It's just that uh, it puts you in an awkward situation where you feel like you're not going to be able to really get what you want, even though they're telling you to, that you ha- that you should get what you, get what you want. Mm. Um, but anyway, sorry, guys. We're I feel like my brain is a little bit moving a little bit slow today because I, well, Carson and I both. We stayed up till 2 a.m. We stayed up late. I stayed up till 3. I stayed up till like 2.30. Okay. <clears throat> um, but anyways, this is another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, and for reference, it's what do you, nine in the morning. Yeah. What do you do? Is it nine? No, oh, it's, it's 10. 10. Huh? 10.06 a.m. Wow. Central. Yeah. No, I guess I picked you up at nine. Anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? What's the deal? Okay. Yeah, stop hitting your mic stand. It's not my fault. Anyways. What do you when you stay up that late? What usually is the reason? Because you don't stay up that late a lot. It just it it's just kind of how life works. Like I went to the late showing of Ford versus Ferrari last night. Yeah, it was at ten. The movie workers took forever to clean out the theater. Really? And then when we got in there, it wasn't even clean. It's like, what's the point? Like yeah. there's popcorn everywhere. Like, eh. You go to Cinemark. AMC. Oh. Firewheel. I don't like Firewheel. I don't like AMC. It, mm, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. It's just the only one that was showing Ford or because yeah. it came out in November. It came out but, a uh, while back. The thing is, is uh, so the movie's so start at 10.15, but then you count for previews, so it start about 10.30-ish, 10.45. Yeah. Movie didn't previews get going. Are, pre- previews are 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Movie didn't get going till 11. Yeah. Well, come on. Then we got out of there then at 1.30. Then you late. You know? You're already awake. Yeah, then you get awake, you know, and then You've you, got, you go you've drive got all home. These, you got all these thoughts running through your head. And then I had to go home. I can't shower in the morning. No. I don't I don't shower in the morning. I shower at night. It's the only it only yeah. makes sense for me. Well, and after you shower and you're tired, yeah. It's like being reborn. Yeah. You know, you come out of there a new man. It's like you just had yeah. a full night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The heat, you Yeah, know? the heat, the water, you know, well, when, my favorite part is when you get out of the shower and your hair's wet and then the cold air hits it. Mm. That's my favorite. I think that registers you as a psychopath. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. I think probably it requires a little bit more uh, to be to be registered as a psychopath. Some more eccentric qualities. Perhaps. Maybe. Than just liking wet hair on myself. 
Now, if I was like really, really into wet hair on other people, <laughs> maybe that would be. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Maybe that would be. Yeah, but you know, I just cycle. I, I stay up around like you know eleven now. I've kind of yeah. gotten older. I I stay up a little late. <laughs> Let's. It's funny you say that because as I've gotten older, now I like to go to bed earlier. Contradictory. Like we have like years of life experience. Yeah, You're both I'm under 20, the age 20 of twenty one. No, but when I was working in Waller, I worked. I worked a desk job. Uh, 40 hours a week. Yeah. You know, so you get home and you're actually tired from doing things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, where you, you kind of do that with school, too, when, yeah. you, when you're young. But when you're young, you just always have energy. You get home and you're excited. You want to go play outside. It's not like that no. anymore. No. And I've never really been one for going out either. No. Especially if I've been working. Ah. Oh. Like, if I've, been work, if I've been working and someone comes to me and they say, hey, we're, we're all going to go out. You want to come? No. 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 I'm not a going out person. No one wants to go out. Who needs to go out? No. No. You know, if someone's like, oh, we're all going to go get drinks afterwards. Say, I'm not 21 yet. So I, I always say no. Mm. I can't do that. A um, couple more months on that one, though. Um, but even then, if I was 21 and it was like midnight, <laughs> say, and they're like, we're going to go out. Like, right now? Are you kidding me? It's midnight. Mm. Are you out of your mind? I'm not doing that. Speaking of, but anyways, now that you're an adult, how does it feel? That tomorrow, bright and early, you got to go to jury duty. Oh my god, dude! It's so so. We talked about this on either episode one or two. It was early. Yeah, early. it was just when you got when, the letter. When, when I got the summons. Yeah. Well, yesterday I got an alert on my phone, and uh, I completely forgot about it. Yeah. That's why I said an alert back like a month ago. So mm-hmm. I was like, if I forget about this, forget. if you forget about it, you're screwed because now there's a there's a warrant for your arrest. <laughs> So I was like, I cannot forget about this. Well, I forgot about it, but that, but luckily, I my my you know my alert kicked in. Google, Google yeah, Calendar. Thank you, Google Calendar. Shout out um, to Google Calendar. Um, anyways, got the alert. Had to call, get a, like a robotic message that tells you like what you need to do. So I got to be in the uh, jury, the main jury room of the courthouse on level one at eight a.m. tomorrow. So there's a chance that it's going to take up your whole day, or it's going to take up fifteen minutes of your day. There's a chance that it's going to take up 15 minutes of my day or a year of my life. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what the case is because we were talking about this beforehand. Like people who got summoned for jury and then it turns out to be like the O.J. Simpson trial. They're yeah, gone for but, like nine months. But they had to volunteer for a trial that big. You have to volunteer. For oh, that. you do? Yeah. Okay. And then they'd interview people. Yeah. Oh. It could take up probably a wow. few days, but not, yeah. not. I would never volunteer. No. Not for Not for that. Well, some people just want it for, you know, the fame. Yeah, but name one person on that jury. There you go. None of them got it. (laughs) Well, they did at the time. At the time, they did. But uh, do they even say the people's names in the jury? No. No. So how? how Well, it's. I mean, you're part of history, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. What a conversation starter. (laughs) Yeah, but you you don't know it's history until it's history. You know? I don't know. I mean, I mean there's, there's some things that are big enough, like World War II, where you know, like, all right, this is going to be like a world-changing event. Yeah. But there's some things that it's just like, you don't know if it's history until it's yeah, history. True. Like, people didn't hey, know that Ted Bundy would be like this big-time serial killer until years after, you know, and no one else good came point. like him. No one, no one else came like Ted Bundy for so long, you know, until, hey, Luca. In, uh, Luca Magnolia. Don't F with cats. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget his last name. Um, um, but anyway, I wanted I wanted to tell you what I was doing last night when I was up so late. Yeah, I'd like to know. I have 
a, I don't know if, if it's an unrational fear or if it's a uh, just contempt for uh, wasps. <laughs> Hornets, wasps, bees, hate them all, okay? Is it just now, because your school mascot was a yellow jacket? No. And then you went to college and the mascot was a bee? Like, no, what's the deal with you no, and insects? But I think that's just, like, God trying to play me. He's just having a little bit of fun. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not scared of, like, that, obviously. But um, I don't think it's, like, a phobia. It's just, like, I just hate them. They're such a nuisance. They are. And that they are. I think part of it is I got stung, like, three times in the face when I was young. So it's caused and an so irrational fear. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't been stung since then, but in my head, it's like the worst pain imaginable, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I just avoided it at all costs. So last night, I was laying on my bed watching YouTube videos of people destroying wasps' nests in the most creative <laughs> ways, like lighting them on fire. That's not okay. Lighting Thomas. them on fire, shooting them with a shotgun. Um, Jesus. <laughs> this is like animal <laughs> abuse. No, it's not. Wasps don't matter. Wasps don't. Bees do. Wasps don't matter. They don't do anything. Then why are they on this earth? That's a good question. They shouldn't be, and that's why they sh- we should all try our best to eradicate them. <laughs> I don't know if that's smart, Thomas. No. I'm wasp a- benefits to society. It, what does the wasp benefit in the ecosystem? I would like to know, because it's probably nothing. I guarantee you... Google pops up. It says nothing. Screw wasps. <laughs> let's let's see what we got here. No, but there was this guy who had who had fashioned this contraption of a. You know what a shop vac is? Of course. He had taken that with like a hose extension and rigged it to a ladder and a broomstick, so that because they had built a nest on the inside of his wall, and so they're going into this crack in the ceiling. He had put the hose to the vacuum up to that crack where they're going in. And then in the shop vac, filled up the bucket mm-hmm. with uh, soapy water because like Dawn like kills yeah. them. It, like I think it Jesus. suffocates them or something. That's... And he just vacuumed them up because you can't spray down into it, you know, because you can't get them all like that. So he just vacuumed them up and had and the it, audacity to record it and put it on. Yeah, well, it was it was hilarious because this guy's like, uh, oh. My wife thinks this is stupid, but just wait until she <laughs> just wait until she sees how many wasps I catch. <laughs> All right. But what is the benefit? What is the role of wasps in the ecosystem? I'm curious. Vital role, bold and underlined. Really? Paper wasps, hornets, and yellow jackets all belong to the same family, and they provide extraordinarily important eco- ecological services, specifically pollination, predation, and parasitism. Hmm? Pollination. Put, put simply, without wasp, we would be overrun with insect pests, and we would have no figs and no fig newtons. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> Can't tell you the last time I had a fig. <laughs> Some people like figs, though. My dad likes fig. He likes fig newtons. I don't think he likes figs. <laughs> the word is just so odd. Fig. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a British word, isn't it? Fig. Fig. Yeah. You, you, that's that's like the type of thing where you think in like in America, fig means this, but in over there it means something really bad. Yeah. Like fanny saying. here means nothing, but fanny over there is like. Yeah. Or like bloody. You, you don't want to say fanny over there. Yeah. Bloody. Bloody here is just like you're bleeding out. Yeah. Bloody there is kind of like their F word kind of. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um. <sighs> but yeah, that's what I was doing last night. Uh, there's another there's another topic while we're kind of on this. Um ecosystem thing let's talk about humans in the ecosystem the coronavirus oh boy 
is spreading rapidly throughout China and even and even now the United States. Two people starting in Washington State now. Well, over glo- globally, over nine hundred people have been have been infected. Nine hundred, yeah, hmm. globally. Um, however, there's only uh, I think twenty. What uh, it says it has killed at least twenty six in China, and infected more than nine hundred. Yeah. Now I don't know if you've ever played that game Plague Inc. <laughs> do you know what that is? I do. The the trick to having a virus that eradicates humans because that at the at the, the end trick. of the day the coronavirus this is its goal it wants to eradicate everything correct mm. that that's at least my imagination running Theory. wild yeah saying oh all viruses all they want to do is just eradicate <laughs> all life from earth yeah um but anyways in my head in my head i just see this like dancing virus with like like a mascot and he's <laughs> and he's just like i'm gonna get you um well, the key to not being caught and killing everybody on that game, at least, <laughs> is to have as few symptoms as possible for as long as possible. Mm. So, and as many uh, ways for it to transmit mm. between people. So that at first you can get everyone infected, but they don't know they're infected. Then the symptoms mutate. Everyone's infected. Boom. Total organ failure. Jesus. Everyone dies. God. And no one can do anything about it because we're all already infected. I think that's what happened in uh, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Except it wasn't total organ failure. It was mm-hmm. some made-up disease that turned them into zombies. Um, But anyways, we got to get this uh, coronavirus under control because it's about to be bad. Do you ever see the movie called Plague? Um, Maybe. You ever see that movie 2012? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. You enjoy it? I kind of it's just it's just like so ridiculous that it's entertaining. And it came out in 2009 so people were like, ah. "Oh no." Speaking of, what's this on here? The Doomsday Clock. Okay. Yeah, I put this on there because it's actually it's actually a good segue between yeah, Doomsday and the Doomsday Clock. Well, every year um this like committee I think it's called the Doomsday Committee. Yeah. There's this clock and it's not like a real clock, but it's it's kind of like a symbol for how close to um, human extinction or like a global ca- catastrophe yeah. we are, um, like nuclear war or yeah. you know anything like that, just based on all current the all stuff. the current events uh, like uh, nuclear uh, tensions with other yeah. countries and climate change, all these different um, aspects brought into one to make mm-hmm. this determination. Um, this year, they updated the clock. How often do they update the clock? I think once a year. Okay. Yeah. Now, midnight. You don't want it to get to midnight. Midnight is the representation of doomsday. Now, last year, we were 120 seconds until midnight. Okay. This year, we're 100 seconds until midnight. Mm. And they they blamed, uh, or their reasoning behind this was uh, the instability Instability. Instability. I say yeah. Instability. yeah, it's instability <clears throat> yeah. with an I. The instability of like Donald Trump and his kind of like erratic behavior. And then uh, climate change, um, nuclear tensions with the United States, hmm. China, North Korea, Russia, all of that stuff. It was Joe Mama in there? Joe name? Mama was not, um, not, as, not as imminent a threat as you might think. Um, but anyways, that's the doomsday clock. I think it got up to like... It got like 
I think the closest it's ever been was in the 60s when nuclear, like during the Cold War when nuclear tensions were high. Yeah. Oh, Russia so it can go back. Yeah. This clock can move we, backwards. We have a chance. Forward. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. I did. I watched a little, like, uh, oh, what are they called? Like a video essay. Yeah. I know. On this. That. Yeah. Or like those, what, what are those YouTube videos? Like Big Little Story. Yeah. Every frame of painting. Like there's some yeah. for movies, you know? Yeah. Um, but I watched this one. He ended it like that. He's like, now this is the only clock that we can turn back time. And it was like, <laughs> anyways, we're at the 20 minute mark. Uh, we're actually 23 or three minutes past it. Four minutes. Four so minutes. Let's get almost. into our, our best picture series. This week on the lineup, we've got Parasite, Joker, got Joker, and Ford versus Ferrari, the three movies we're going to break down. And um, just a quick little reminder. This is the second out of a uh, three-episode little uh, bundle uh, talking about the Best Picture nominees for the 92nd Academy Awards. Yes. Next next episode, we'll be talking about Marriage Story. Yeah, Marriage Jojo Story. Rabbit, and Little Women. And Little Women. Yeah. So That's going to be a good episode. This. Yeah, that will be. I'm excited well, for today's episode gonna be nine. A, today's going to be a good episode. You want to know why? Because Parasite. Parasite was 10 out of 10. What I like to call a banger, okay? I really enjoyed it. Hit your boy. Give me yeah. that. And I, Give me that. No, I, of course, I was a little skeptical going into this because I, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't watch a lot of subtitled foreign language films. Which um, I, now I know that I should. Me too. Because now at the Golden Globes, Bong Joon-ho, the director of Parasite, had made this quote that I thought was really <laughs> interesting. It was a great point. He said, uh, once you overcome the one-inch-tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. That's, that's beautiful. Bong, that's, yeah. bong, that, hey, that's Bong Joon-ho 2020, Golden Globes. Yeah, give me that. And he's right. He was. I mean, the para- Parasite, wow. It was. Wow. That's all I can say. Masterfully directed. I'm speechless. I'm without speech. Yeah. It was masterfully directed. Yes. Um, the, the amount of symbolism... Yeah, the subtext and the no, it was it was great. And then the the way that they used the cinematography to tell it, literally, right now, all the things we're saying is how, what they teach you to do in film school of how to make a good movie, you know. Um, but uh, okay, so this movie was uh, directed by Bong Joon Ho, and he's nominated for best director for the ninety uh, second Academy Awards. Um, none of the cast is nominated for an Oscar. However, their performances were actually very good. Yeah, but they did just recently. They they were the first foreign language film to win best acting ensemble, ensemble at the yeah. SAG Awards. Yes, yeah, and now they were up against some serious competition. I mean, these, yeah. these guys were up against Stranger Things, wasn't it? No, that they was were up TV. against Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and that's a Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Al Pacino. Yeah, um, Margot Robbie. Margot, yeah. uh, can't forget Margot Robbie. Uh, um, what other movies? What was it? What the else? Irishman. Irishman. De Niro. De Niro. Pesci, Al Pacino. Pacino. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, so that's geez. really impressive for these. I mean, I, I think guess Joker was nominated for ensemble. For best ensemble. Was it? Hmm. That's interesting, considering it was really about one person. Maybe it. Maybe it wasn't. Um, best ensemble. Yeah. But uh, no, I was blown away by this movie. And, uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't. Uh, bombshell. Bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Margot yeah, Robbie, Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Irishman, and Jojo Rabbit. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and Parasite, of course. Okay. Yeah, no, I was blown away by this movie. And 
now I gotta say for the first fifteen minutes, you are noticing the subtitles. Yeah, it was an adjustment. It was an adjustment. Yeah. But here's the thing: when I think about that movie, I don't think about reading the subtitles. Subtitles. I just think of. I think about it like every movie. other movie. Exactly. Every other movie. Exactly. And like, it, remember it, when he it, said it, that? I don't really yeah. think of reading it. No, 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 no. And it like I feel like, um, you know, after that 15, 20 minute mark, I didn't even recognize that I was reading subtitles. Exactly. It just got like it, to... they just kind of fell away, and it's like I was watching the movie. Yeah, which is impressive because I have watched foreign films where that doesn't happen. Yeah, you know. But this one had my heart racing. Like, what's yeah. gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And I just like watching it, really invested. Yeah. Well, even even before now, hey, hey. Spoiler alert! Nice. Spoiler nice. Alert. Can't forget this. Spoiler yeah, we did alert. give you a week's warning to watch this we picture. Did. We told you last week that we were going to be talking about this, so this is not your first spoiler alert. Um, okay, at the beginning, like with this, even the scenes before shit gets intense. Like, I mean, well, okay, I, I didn't know it would thing. get that intense. The first hour was a lot of setup. It was, but it, even that, it wasn't boring. Setup. No, it wasn't bad because every dialogue scene between even two characters, I mean, it was intense. Yeah, there Here's, was a lot of uh, tension. Yeah, funny thing actually, I started like really late at night one night. I got to like the hour minute mark. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I have school tomorrow. You know, I should probably, you know, sit this one out. I'll finish it tomorrow. Yeah. I stopped it and went to sleep, woke up the next morning. When I got back from school, I finished it. If I would have stayed up for 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds, I would have been up the whole night because 10 seconds where I stopped it, you found out that they lived in the basement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, right there, like, you can't turn it off after No, you that. can't stop there. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, what? Yeah. That really... Because I, I turned it off right before uh, the the ex housemaid showed up showed up to knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. she's all like tattered and yeah, that yeah. genius. Well, there was a couple shots in there that were really powerful, and you didn't know why. Yeah, for a second, like like uh, well, and it was really simple cinematography, but so effective. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I noticed how digital it was. You know, super crisp mm-hmm. and. The dynamic range and everything was super, yeah, super wide. And I th- I thought the acting was phenomenal too. I thought the I housemaid was phenomenal. Yeah, no, but the actress who played that. One of the shots I wanted to bring up was like you said, whenever she got there and she ran down into the basement, and she's like pushed up against the dresser and the wall trying to move it, and she's just hanging there, and you're like, yeah, what, what is she doing? Yeah, you know, and it was just static tripod shot of her just doing that and you're like wow yeah and you know that's everything working together that's production design acting mm-hmm. cinematography you know that's that's everything and uh total banger hey the picture well before we really get into cinematography i wanted there's a question that i wanted to discuss briefly <clears throat> yeah do you think it's harder to fully comprehend and like view an actor's performance when you're reading subtitles I think it is, but it's not a good as, question. I think it is. Like, I don't think you get one hundred percent of it, like you would, and if it was in a language that you understand. I disagree, but it's still powerful. I don't think it takes away from the performance that much. I think, I think if it's great acting and if it's good acting, it won't take away, and you'll get the same effect had you heard it in your language that you're familiar with because 
it's the human connection and being able to see that emotion right and know what they're saying you're still getting the same effect now here's my defense when and we talked about this i think a little bit on the last episode when you're reading subtitles a lot of times you're not looking at the shot you're reading the subtitles now a couple weeks ago, we were over here and we were talking about some of our favorite performances. Mm-hmm. We watched one by Leonardo DiCaprio in which they have like these subtle, these subtleties to their performance visually, not auditorially, but audibly. 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 I'm, an, I'm an idiot. Hey. Anyways. Thomas, hold this. Audibly. Jesus Christ. Speaking yeah, what's of, the deal with these mics? Speaking of audibly. Hey. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. Stop. Sorry. Anyways, um, I just think that, like, naturally, if your eyes aren't looking at their face and you're reading the subtitles, you're going to miss a couple of those. Well, yeah, I get that. I, I, I did, like, do, like, the little 15 seconds back sometimes just to, like, make sure I read it right, you know? Yeah. Now, uh, and that was that was part of the adjustment, but, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't take away from the movie or else it no, wouldn't no, have it, been it, winning it did, these awards. It didn't take yeah. away from the movie. What I'm asking is, like... Do you really get the full experience with subtitles? Now, I think you get as much as you can, of course. But I also, I mean, yeah, there is the part of like you don't hear like inflection of words that they say because you don't right. know what they're you saying. You don't really yeah. know. I mean, but you can uh, see them. You and can, that's what matters. And I thought I, I could tell great acting in that movie. No, I could yeah. too. I could too. It's just uh, some of the subtleties you miss out on, I think. I'm sure, yeah. Um, you know, and I think, but it's one of those things where it's like we don't know what we're missing. Yeah. So, uh, like, if I, I, I heard uh, *Parasites* coming to select, like, select theaters in the U.S. in black and white. That's interesting. Which I would be interesting. You know, you can do that if, when it comes on Netflix or something like that. Or you, yeah. Well, I guess we had to buy it to. Uh, yeah. So we could watch it again. We had to buy it to watch it, but uh. You can put your phone in black and white and just watch it like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've done that with like Breaking Bad. Oh. Because Breaking Bad, I've heard described as like a modern film noir. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's put this in black and white and just see. Totally is. Really? So I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, Parasite looks like in black and white. Yeah. That would be. Um. Yeah. Now that takes a lot of skill from the uh, lighting department and the, this, and the cinematography. Oh, yeah. Because black and white, you can't use color. Uh, to depict emotion, like a lot of times, like in very simple movies, they'll use red to show you anger. Yeah, or, you know, or blue to show you sadness. Yeah, like archetypes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'd be I'd be really curious to do that. I might do that. Yeah. Um. All right, now now let's get in. That's a good transition to the cinematography. Yeah, very good. There is a shot that we both noticed. That, wow. So powerful. I thought this was the most powerful shot in the entire movie. Um, it's the scene where the flooding is started. You know, they just escaped the house and they're going back and they discover that the street has been flooded by sewage water. Yeah. Which in and of itself is just super powerful because they're literally walking around in feces. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is as strong of a distinction between the class divides oh, God. as you can get. Yeah. These people down here are literally in swimming yeah. in crap. Yeah. While people up here are bathed in sunlight and they're literally playing in the rain. Yeah. They they worship like they they're, not worship, but they they get the, the rain satisfaction from the rain. It's fun yeah, for them. The rain isn't 
like for them the problem it's something to it's something have it's, fun yeah in. exactly like but they're going them, outside playing in the rain their life, but you know it's ruining their entire life yeah everything they own ruined i will say this except for that rock and i caught it you remember the scene it was when they were going down in the rain from the park fa- the rich wealthy family the park family's house they were going down from their house to their little basement home. Yeah. And they were going down all these different layers of steps. Mm-hmm. Like going down one this this way and, and down another another way. Yeah. And I thought about it, that, that the use of stairs in that film, not just in that scene, but when the Park family, the wealthy family arrives home, they go up the stairs into their house. Right. When the Kim family... The 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 less fortunate the family, they go down the stairs. Well, and they're literally at the like physically, geographically at the bottom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. These and the basement, they're going down the stairs. Yep. And it's a fight to whoever gets to go up the stairs that gets to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did you notice when they were not in their house, but going to their house, going down all of the stairs to get there? Um, the guy, I don't remember these characters' names. Forgive me. Just the, I know the, the Kim and the Park family. Yeah, Just say yeah. son, daughter, whatever. But the son, yeah, who was the tutor, yeah. he stopped on one of the stairs and just was watching the sewage water run past yeah. his bare feet. Yeah, that was a beautiful that shot. Was, that was great. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of really, really uh, nuanced shots in this that like could really be broken down. Um, but the shot that we were both struck by was when she was sitting on the toilet. Well, because they had walked into the bathroom and the sewage water is just spewing out of the toilet, right? Yeah. And she just, it's like, they're so dirty at this point. They just yeah, don't care. Yeah, it not even matter. It's so she just has to sit on it to keep yeah. it from coming out so mm-hmm. much. And she's sitting on it covered. It's like she's unbothered that she's covered in sewage water. Yeah. And she just lights a cigarette and sitting there smoking a cigarette. Powerful you know, shot. It, it, was, it was just like, all right, this is my reality. Yeah. Um, Amazing. What I noticed is that during that shot, they kept cutting. I think they cut maybe once. Pro- I think it was twice. They cut to um, the ex-housemate who got fired yeah. in the basement of the park house regurgitating into the toilet. So she's yeah. forcefully putting something into the toilet, and it's, it's forcefully being shot out at at the Kim family, just like what she did to them. Right. By, you know, trying to blackmail them and whatnot. Right. Um, yeah. And that was a whole other, it was almost like a subplot. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the, but the guy in the basement and yeah, that wasn't even like the main, it, it was the main story, but it was also the movie wasn't their story. No. So it was, yeah, it was, it, it was, was like a subplot in a sense. It was just another um, means of conflict Yeah, for our protagonists, which I kind of liked that too. It's, it's almost like you can't call them protagonists. Yeah. Because it depicted them in such like a, like a, whoops, that was, that's my bad. <laughs> it depicted them in such a, like a scavenger way, but they had no choice. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's like a Darwinism, uh. Uh, oh my God! The what's the phrase? It's escaping me. Theory of evolution. Yeah, Darwinism. Yeah, survival of the fittest. Yeah, that's survival right. of the fittest. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, it's almost that. It's like you got you got to do what you got to do to survive. 
And that that means being a scavenger and playing these tricky games on people to get their money and kick other people out on the streets. That's, that's what you got. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but at the end of the day, the fittest one was the man in the basement with the knife. Yeah, <laughs> sure was. Actually, I, I guess it was uh, the dad. Yeah, it was the dad. Because he... He did what he had to do. Well, no. Because he was still in the basement. Because it, remember, remember, it gave you that little taste. Of what it would be of like. Of what it would have been like. Because it, it did, you didn't know that when it was happening. No, you thought that was you, how it played you, out. You thought that's, hap- that's what happened. Yeah. And then it was so sad. And he was like, when but until then. Because you know that's never going to happen. Right. That'll never, that dude will die alone. He'll, he'll die basement. in the basement. And that son will be working forever. Because who's going to feed him? Exactly. Because he'll eventually If the house is caught, vacant. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he'll either get caught or go to jail, or he'll yeah. die of starvation. Can or you imagine dehydration? having a huge basement in your house? No, that's not even like a basement. That's like a bunker. Yeah, it was a bunker because you went down a bunch of stairs. Yeah, and it's all concrete walls. Yeah. And how he did that letter in Morse code on the light. Yeah. Well, it was great how he did it, even when he wasn't tied up. Yeah. He didn't do it with his hands. He always did it with his head. It's yeah. like he was going insane. Well, and then but the father did it with his his hands. Yeah, but the, the the original guy who was down in the basement. Yeah, he would just he always throw his, his head. I mean, at. I mean, well, he had been down there how long? Four years, I think. Four years. Yeah. Jesus. He would go insane. Oh yeah, not seeing sunlight. Oh God. That was another thing that the uh, the director used to, and the cinematographer used to separate the classes. Um. The low class people, the lower class. Mm-hmm. Hardly any sunlight. Yeah, you see, just you see through these, that little four little panels in there. You see this green fluorescence and this sodium vapor coming off of the, this light coming out of the uh, uh, the street lamps. You know, it's like this gritty orange and it's disgusting and it's, you know, it's just not yeah, I get clean. And then every time they cut to the house, it's just bathed in sunlight. And they even went as far to mention that in the script. Um, sorry, excuse me. Bless you. Mm. They even went as far as to discuss that in the script and like, yeah, that was glamorous. Um, <laughs> no, they even went as far as to discuss the sunlight in the script because, oh, someone's opening a door. Um, like whenever they're sitting and he's, he shoot, you know, they come out and they're like being held hostage, you know, yeah, I know sure. with the text, <clears throat> you know, the video of the whole family staying there. And she was like, all you could think to do in this house was drink yourselves to death. Mm. You know? When yeah. when we're here, we get, go out and we bathe in the sunlight and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was pretty pretty cool. And the uh, ghost story with the little boy, how he saw a ghost and it frightened him. That shot where it was just the eyes, that was oh, so creepy. That was so scary. Yeah. How do they do that? Because it's like just his eyes are illuminated. Yeah. yeah. And he's coming out of those stairs. Oh, yeah. Jesus. It was literally just like from the bridge of his nose up. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. But anyways, I think that about wraps it up for Parasite. Because um, we're at that 42-minute hey, mark. Hey, let me just say this. Parasite, I'm giving that picture status easy. Easy picture status. I would agree. Easy picture. It might even be up there for cinematic motion picture. That, but That's only time thing. will tell. Time will tell if it's yeah. cinematic motion picture. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, hey. I think That's a total banger. You should watch it. I wouldn't hesitate to say that it will be a cinematic motion picture 
in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It it, it just it has to test be. of time here. It has to be. I would All actually right. I would love for Parasite to win Best Picture. Yeah. I really wouldn't be well, shocked if it did. Actually. Originally that's what I guessed. Yeah. So I don't remember what I guessed. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. Um on next episode, after we discuss the next three movies, we need to kind of revise. We're, we're going to revise our ballots, having seen all the movies this time. Yeah. Um. Anyways, this next movie we've talked it to death, so it, we're not going to. It goes by the name of Joker. Yeah, we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk it to death anymore. We're just going to give a little I review think of the movie. We've talked about it. Episode one, two, three, four, five, six and a half, six, seven, seven and a half, and now eight. So yeah, yeah I think so. We've, not much to say about this movie that hasn't already been said. Hey, Joker. Directed by Todd Phillips, okay? Cinematography by Lawrence Scher. Okay. Yeah, very good. I wouldn't be upset if he won Best Cinematography. However, That was great cinematography. However, what I think was better cinematography, and I hate to go against it because Joker feels like, I don't know, it just feels like my baby, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he had zero to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Joker feels like my baby, the movie, and I yeah. had nothing to do with it. Um... You know, just because... Did movie. the first time you go and see Joker, did you... Was that a sit and let the credits roll movie for you? Yeah. Yeah, well, the first time I saw it was in the drive-in. Oh, wow. So the second time I saw it was really a better viewing experience. Yeah. Because it was in a theater. Um, but the first time I saw it, it, I mean, it didn't take away from it. No. So I was sitting in my car, and it was hilarious because I could be loud since I was in my car. Were you uh, alone? I was with Sam. Okay. And... uh she didn't want to see it because it looked scary. I was like, come on, we got to see it. Yeah. Come on. And uh, we saw it. And honestly, I wish I could do this in the theater because it's so awesome. It's like when it's like us in the car. We saw Uncut Gems. Yeah. But immediately, as soon as the credits you roll, you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. That was awesome. That, that was totally epic. Rewind. We're watching that again. <laughs> yeah. That was, I got to say, that was probably... The only movie this year that really got me that amped. Oh, what a great picture. Honestly. Was that movie? I didn't get that amped. Now, second to that one, 1917. That movie was good. That, that did get me amped, but not quite as amped as uh, I did for Joker. I mean, just even even like the, the cast of Joker. You know, I mean, it's centered around Joaquin and... Uh, I guess, yeah, De Niro's the main supporting, but I mean, you have yeah. Francis Conroy as his mother. Right. You know. Um, yeah, but directed by Todd Phillips, who this is really his kind of debut film for these drama, these dark. Because, I mean, before this, he was doing comedies. He, he directed all the Hangover movies. And he did, like, it's like he knew that he could, like, I don't know. It's like he did all those comedies, but it's like he already knew how to make a good drama. It's like, yeah, how did well, he, where did this come from? I mean, so Joker was inspired by King of Comedy. Yeah. And Taxi Driver. Yeah. Kind of the same style. Um, so he did, ha I mean, he, he did his research. It's not like comedy directors don't know cinema. Well, yeah, of you course. Know? I get that. Yeah, but it's just um, that. What here. what a great movie. I'm curious. Let me look up his uh, filmography here. Let me see. He's got, uh, well, The Hangover, War Dogs. That's actually a movie I watched the other day. For the second time. I saw the movie in theaters, and then the credits rolled, and it said, uh, directed by Todd Phillips. I was like, dude, he directed Joker. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 wow. Like, it's like a moment where it's like, that's my dad. Dude, that's my dad up there. <laughs> uh, he did, and, oh, and he did He did. A Star is Born. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, know I did, that. I didn't know okay, that either. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, due date, old school, road trip, hangover part three and two, uh, Starsky and Hutch. Wow. Uh, a okay. lot, lot of comedies, but he's done, I guess it was, it, it was more uh, gradual than I thought yeah. going into it. I doing know, doing yeah. Star is Born and War Dogs. Yeah. Uh, prior to that. But even like the, like Zazie Beats, phenomenal in that. Yeah. Yeah. As Sophie. Yeah. That joke movie. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, um, she, she's overlooked a lot. Um, yeah, what is she what else has she been in? I don't know, but uh I want to talk about the score for this movie. I mean, we've talked about it before, but the score did probably more for this movie than anything else. Because, it influenced the performances. Yeah, so. even Yeah, I want to say even if the role wasn't played by Joaquin but still had the score, it'd still be a powerful movie. You know? Oh yeah, it would. Yeah, that score was. Yeah, but I, I also feel bad saying that because Joaquin just owned the movie. No, I'm. You're just you saying know? that how good that score was. Right. I'm I mean, I don't emphasize. think that movie would be. I mean, Joaquin. It wouldn't be brought that movie together. You know. He did. He, Joaquin was kind of the. He tied every. He was the last puzzle piece. Well, he's the whole. He's tied the, everything He's the together. movie. I mean, he is on, the movie. It's literally him. But I'm just saying that score. The movie wouldn't be the same without the score. Because without the score, well, one, all the emotion would be stripped from it. You know? Yeah. Not all of it, obviously, because Well, that, that dance so scene in the bathroom would not have happened. Right. Because it was originally supposed to be... Yeah, no. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be Joaquin run into... Or Arthur Fleck. Yeah. Runs run into in, the bathroom. Run into the bathroom. Kind of... Mental breakdown. Yeah. He just killed these three guys. Yeah, he's supposed to hide the gun. Yeah, hide the gun, and then he just kind of, and then he kind of becomes the Joker. Yeah, but and we've talked point, about this two episodes ago. Oh, we I did. Think. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, so yeah. I don't, don't want to go that hey. into it. But. We're sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. We're, we're already coming to the end of this segment because I mean we've just talked it all to death. Yeah, but we just had to do it for the for the best picture. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Little thing there. All right. Well, uh, it's nominated nominated in eleven categories at the Oscars. Uh, it stars the one and only Joaquin Phoenix. Those are our notes for Joker. Oh, here's a little tidbit. Slow you know who recap. was supposed to play Thomas Wayne originally? No. Uh, Alec Baldwin. I'm glad they. I'm glad he didn't. I think he would have been fine. Really? Yeah. I just have a hard time. The these guy days. who they got kind of looks like him, Brett Cullen. I just have a hard time these days when I watch Alec Baldwin, um, because I don't see anything but Alec Baldwin. Interesting. He's After, no, he's done some good stuff. He has. He has. I mean, uh, oh shoot, what's the movie? A always be be. A always be be. See closing. Always be closing. Huh? What? It's a movie. It's just you're rant. You're saying random words. <laughs> a a always be, no, no, a no, no, b no. b club a. Alec Baldwin. Oh, my God, why can't I think of the movie? Um, Look, I'm hey, Googling hey, it. hey, Googling filmography. It. That's what I'm doing. Alec Baldwin. What's it called? It's it's a long name like that? No, no, no. That's a line from the movie. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Well, this Gl- is Glenn awkward. Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's by David. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. I don't know. David but hey, that's Mimit. not on the list this week. David Mamet. Yeah. We're not talking about that movie. I just because I watched him, he was that's in, originally a famous American play, right? But he 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 uh, originally well, he had a part in uh, Black Klansman at the, at the beginning. Oh, he did. Yeah, 
And when I saw that, I was just kind of like, oh. What? Why have I not seen this movie? What? Listen to the cast for this Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross movie, 1992. Because I've seen the play. Al Pacino. Jack Lemmon, who was one of the original Odd Couple. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin. Ed Harris. Alan Arkin. Kevin Spacey. And Jonathan Price. Yeah, I've seen it. That, that's, that's a banger cast. I've seen it. I need to rewatch it because I watched it when I was younger. But, hey. Banger and maybe one of my favorite monologues by Alec Baldwin. God, or monologues in general, but by yeah, Alec Baldwin. I need to see that. Do you want to at the end of this episode? You want to watch that uh, monologue? Yeah, let's do it. All right, because uh, we, we we do have a little bit of uh, extra time considering Joker didn't take up twenty minutes. Well, it's only supposed to take up ten. Right, but I mean, there's, we allotted fifteen minutes for recommendations of the week. True. So. You don't need that. Um, all right, let me make that note. Um, well, we're going to move on from Joker. I think now we talk about Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Now, this is another great movie. This was a good movie. Um, this movie is uh, directed by James Mangold. Um, some movies from him are Walk the Line. With Joaquin. Yeah, uh, and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. 310 to Yuma and Logan. He did Logan. Everyone loved Logan. I didn't see it. Neither did I. But everyone was raving about it. Um, so, I don't know. But anyways, this movie stars Christian Bale, Matt Damon, Tracy Letts, and John Bernthal. And, and by the way, John Bernthal is killing it. Yeah. He's yes. another one like, uh, oh my God, who's the guy, the Irishman that we talked about? Who's like an Oh, Jesse now? Plemons? Yeah. He's another one like him. Well, let's just talk about this. Are you familiar with Tracy Letts? Yes. Do you know he wrote August Osage County? Really? He wrote that play and that movie that Meryl Streep was in. Mm-hmm. He wrote it. This dude is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. Holy crap. He was in Seinfeld on one episode. He was just on Broadway starring in All My Sons. Well, he was in something I watched the other day. Uh, I mean, he, he's total boss is what he is. Let me read off some of his movies. <clears throat> Ford vs. Ferrari, Lady Bird. August, Osage oh, County. Oh, he was in Lady Bird. I little, little, little Women he was in. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, I watched that the other day. The Post, another great movie. Big Short. Um, My God, he's got an impressive filmography, doesn't he? Yeah, he, re- he really does. Wow. Yeah. Those are the big names. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a boss is what he is. Yeah, he's very, very good. Uh, and he was good. He had a pretty small role in Little Women, but very good. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was in uh, Broadway with, um, it was him, oh, and Annette Bening. Yeah. I can't. For All My Sons by Arthur Miller. I can't wait for you to see Little Women because of the acting. Oh, I love it. So good. I mean, yeah. I mean, Saoirse Ronan. Oh, yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. He right. was extraordinary in it. Really? I'm not going to go into it yet because that's next week's episode. Yeah, it's next week. It's next week, Thomas. Yeah. Anyways, just, I was excited. Um, all right, Ford versus Ferrari. This movie, uh, let's talk about, well, while we're on acting, Christian Bale, who, who is quickly becoming one of my top favorite actors. Mm. I've watched a couple movies with him. I watched Vice the other day. Holy crap, that's amazing. That was one of his, that, that might be one of his masterpieces. Really? It is his, one really? of his masterpieces. Well, and might I point out, at the SAG Awards last week, Joaquin won again for Joker. <laughs> and gave and an, what he told what a, what a great speech he gave an him. incredible speech yeah. um, he didn't he take gave any of the sunlight for himself the spotlight for himself Mm-mm. 
He mm-hmm. gave it all back to the actors. No, he he made a little quip about every every other nominee. Yeah, he, he talked about Christian. He talked about DiCaprio. Um, he, yeah, he told DiCaprio he'd been looking up to him for twenty years. Yeah, even though Joaquin's older than him, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, but man, uh, he talked to uh, Christian Bale. I think Christian Bale is one of his favorite actors. Yeah, he said something. Christian, I just wish you'd turn in one bad performance. Yeah, <laughs> give me so much joy yeah. or something. Yeah, he was like, you just bring so much to your roles, and it's incredible. And I look up to you. And I, just, I mean, has he really ever done a bad performance? You know, no, he really no. hasn't. I mean, really, probably the least significant role that he's done. Well, I guess uh, not in like a classic like drama motion picture type of film was Batman. You know, but even but then, that was that that's Batman. regarded as one of the best as the best superhero movie of all time. I would agree. Some. No, I yeah. would I would agree. So like, that. I wouldn't even I don't even think you can say that. It's just it's just more of a comic book movie is the difference. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's not like say the master you know where it says deep drama yeah i mean he was in the big short you know yeah did you see that he was in the fighter uh, yes but it's been a few years yeah very very good uh, i think in that movie do you know who's in that margot robbie oh really and but uh, only, i know steve only, carell's in there too but only for like a two minute clip oh, they, really? they do this funny no steve carell's not yeah he, is. yeah he is they do this funny thing where they cut away like when they say a word that they know the audience probably doesn't know yeah they cut away to this like celebrity just playing themselves, explaining this word. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. Margot Robbie had one. She's sitting in the bathroom oh, drinking and, champagne. And she, Selena Gomez has one. Richard yeah. Dollar has one. Oh, wow. Anthony Bourdain has one. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. the one I remember, Anthony Bourdain. But uh, they cut away to Margot Robbie. She's sitting in the bathtub drinking champagne. She's just explaining this word. It's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, Christian Bale. And he killed it. Yeah. He killed it. Um, he plays this... Uh, very British driver. Um, has this kind of a brotherly relationship with Matt Damon's character, um, who also was very good in it. I mean, there wasn't as much demand from his role as there was for Christian Bale's role, uh, acting wise. And uh, eh, I don't know. I don't know I if mean, that's it, really. It's just I don't know if I agree di- with that. They're very different roles. They're very different. Yes, but uh, yeah. Okay, I'll give you. Um, that. They are different, but. I don't know about the whole demand thing. I think maybe one of the more complex characters in it, though, was Tracy Letts' character playing... Uh, yeah, very much so. Playing... Uh, uh, I almost said Harrison Ford. H- Henry Ford <laughs> II. Yeah, Henry Ford. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Ford versus... Yeah, because he, he, had a, he was a very prideful character. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, he told him to go to war because he didn't want to lose his pride. Well, he because wanted, he, wanted the, his he didn't, he didn't like being called Henry Ford II. Like no. having to be like not even. Well, live and, up to his and remember whenever that Ferrari guy said, uh, uh, "Henry or Ford just makes dirty cars and dirty factories." Yeah. And then John Bernthal's character is explaining this to him, like, "What did he say?" <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He called you fat, sir. Yeah. He's like. <sighs> yeah. He called you, the son of Henry Ford. He said you're not Henry Ford. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, he did <laughs> great. Then, who? Josh Lucas as uh, BB. Was that his name? BB. Leo BB. Yeah, he was like the, he was like the guy. Was he, who, the, he like the marketing. Was in charge, and then he wasn't in charge. He was the head of like the Mustang part, and 
Christian Bale's character insulted oh, him. Oh, he, he was kind of the antagonist. And then he, the... he didn't want them to win, even though that they were on the same team. He yeah. wanted them to lose. Because he, he's the one that organized the photo at the end of the race. Yes. Yeah. And 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 he, if you look, I, I knew I had seen him in something, and then I went and looked at his filmography. Listen to this. American Psycho, with, oh, which wow. was with Christian Bale. Uh, a Beautiful Mind. That That's a phenomenal picture with Russell Crowe and Ed Harris. But... uh. Sweet Home Alabama, An Unfinished Life, Glory Road, The Lincoln Lawyer, J. Edgar, Ford vs. Ferrari, Ford vs. Ferrari. He's in Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, the new uh, really? series out now. Yeah, this dude has been in stuff. He's been around the block. Yeah, he's definitely been around the block. But I, okay, for the Oscars, I don't know if this will win Best Picture. I don't think it will. It's, up, it's, it's, a, it's up against some serious competition. Such I, par- I understand parasite. why it was nominated because it was great, but I do think it'll definitely win best sound. Is it not? Yeah. Let me see. Let no, me I see think I might have, I might have put that actually because of all the cars. Yeah, sound editing and the oppor- there's a lot of opportunity there. For, yeah, I put sound editing uh, for Ford versus Ferrari. Let me let me see what I put. Oh my God, sorry, my headphone wire is getting tangled up in the board right now. Uh, sound editing, yeah, I put Ford versus Ferrari. Mixing, I put Ad Astra. I put 1917. Yeah. It might go to... We're going to make our revisions. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. Probably next episode. What else was it nominated for, Ford versus Ferrari? It was nominated for film editing. Okay. Ford versus Ferrari. Here, I, I wrote them all down. Best actor, best supporting actor, best picture, best director, best screenplay, best sound mixing, best sound editing, best costume design, best production design. Wow, okay. It's nominated for a lot. I don't think it'll go to costume design, production design, maybe actually. But it could it could? I I wouldn't be shocked if it went to screenplay. Who else is nominated for screenplay? Tarantino. Oh yeah, no. It'll go to him. Yeah. Uh, um. But anyways, I, I wrote down. This is this is the this is a note. This is literally I wrote this down in the thing, in the uh, outline. It says crispy cinematography. Please explain. Such a warm vibe throughout the movie and it looks so good because the sun and the sunsets are reflecting off the hoods of these shiny cars and you're right i mean it's shot i don't know if it was shot digital or film but it just looked crispy yeah you're right it looked very nice and christian bale it it worked really well because christian bale was really tan in the movie yeah you know and i think he lost weight for it too yeah he looked really skinny he looked skinny in it and a little older too and he's been known to lose weight and gain weight for his films yeah yeah well i mean the Machinist, he the Machinist, and yeah. whatever. I don't. Yeah, I I've don't, seen the movie, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me how to pronounce things. I've been I've been saying things wrong this whole episode. Yeah, um, us. No, it was just a beautiful movie. Beautiful yeah. movie. Now I don't think it'll win best cinematography because I mean it's up against 1917, which I thought the cinematography was some hey. of the best I've ever seen. How is how is film editing? How is 1917 not nominated for film editing? I don't think it was that complicated for the editing. Yeah, I guess you're right. There wasn't it that was much shots. of it. Shots, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was just all, really all the editing you had to do was stitch these shots together and yeah, make it look right. seamless, which right. just a couple transitions and masking. Um, uh, But uh, you know what masking is? No, please tell me. Hey, here's a, little, here's a little filmmaking tidbit. Give me that. All right. When you're editing, there's this thing called masking. Which uh, you can do with when you shoot on actual film, but now there's obviously a digital version of it, as is everything. Um, but basically, you layer these two shots, and then you cut a hole in one of them, frame by frame. Okay. 
so that say a person walks across frame that you can cut out along their outline mm-hmm. as they're moving across the frame and then they act as a wipe mm. into the next frame and wow. 1917 did that a lot and yeah, i've done that in did. a couple of my vlogs and stuff like oh, okay. that so you can it's re- it's pretty easy now they did it Obviously, it was more complicated. Yeah. You know, they shot anticipating doing that, and they planned where it was going to happen. So, but anyways, we're, we're talking about Ford versus Ferrari. <sighs> Production design, it might go to. Yeah, it for, could. For the cars. It easily could. The cars, the garages, yeah. uh, the, the track. Yeah, they, it did have a good production um, design. Uh, but i tell you who was great in that movie, the little boy. Yeah, he was. Wow. Like when the, when the, hey... Thank you, Thomas. When the car exploded and Christian Bale was in it. Which which time? The first or the second time? Well, the first time. Yeah. And because uh, he, he had told him, right, before that, he was like, or was it after that first explosion where he's like, it doesn't matter as long as they get out? Yeah. You know? And he's like, did he get out? Did he get out? Mm. Wow. Damn. Yeah, he's, but he's only okay. 14. Tracy Letts, I think his best performance in that movie was when he got in the car with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And he oh, just yeah. really he took just him for crying. a spin. And he started crying. Because he wanted his dad. Hilarious. But really But powerful. also really yeah. good. Just really good. Uh, um, wow. Initially, Ford versus, Ford versus Ferrari was going to star Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Really? But the project fell apart. Hmm. I'm glad it didn't. The cast was really good. Matt Damon and Christian Bale were great on screen together. They did kill it. Especially in that little fight scene they had with the, yeah. like the brotherly fight. He goes for the can and then puts it down. He's like, no, that would hurt too much. Yeah, and, and then he goes for the, the bread. bread. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, it would. You know, and he, I watched some interviews about this last night. He was talking about that. He said, yeah, there's like this brotherly line yeah. that's, not, that's not to be crossed. Like whether it's a best friend or your actual brother, mm-hmm. there's this line that's not to be crossed. You can fight. But if you know it's actually going to hurt them, yeah, you, you know, don't, you, you don't. just kind of, it's unspoken and you know what crosses the line and you know what doesn't. It's mm-hmm. like instinct. Yeah. Hitting a head, hitting your friend in the head with a soup can, that cro- might crossing the line. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny when you go for the bread because you're just, you're just, it's more of a tussle rather oh, than a fight. The tussle. wife, um, Christian Bale's character's wife in that movie was in Super 8, Money Monster. Hey, and now you see me. Have you seen Super 8? Yeah. Phenomenal. Banger. J.J. Abrams killed, I think that's one of his best movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, who produced oh. it? Spielberg produced it, right? Yes. And Abrams directed it? Yeah, you know they're like best friends. Oh, they're, really? They're, they're, well, it's, I don't know about best friends, but they're like, it's, a, it's like a mentorship or an apprenticeship type of thing. Because oh, really? J.J. Abrams had some film at a film festival and Spielberg saw it and just took him under his wing. What a boss. Could you imagine what a boss having a film like, Put it in Sundance or South by or whatever, and Spielberg sees it. He's like, "Hey, hey, I like, I like this dude. I like you. <laughs> yeah, what a boss! I'm, I'm gonna teach you some things. What I'm gonna you? make you big. <laughs> I'm gonna make you big. Fast forward a couple of years, he's directing the freaking Star Wars reboot. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. God! Now that movie I did enjoy the first of the reboots, but after that it kind of just went down. I haven't seen most of them. I only, the, I think I've only seen four, five, and six of Star Wars. The, watch The Force Awakens. It's pretty good. Yeah, cinematography wise. I mean, it's J.J. Abrams. You got those f- extravagant lens flares, you know. And yeah, all that crazy stuff. But in Super Eight, remember the train scene? Oh, the train crash. God, that was insane. 
Oh my god! I remember that, that movie has your heart racing. Yeah, that that was one of the movies that I first watched. When I was getting into filmmaking. It was one of the first ones that I really studied. Yeah, and uh, kind of influenced me as a filmmaker a little bit. You know, because I mean, it's about young filmmakers. Yeah. You know, I mean, these, these guys get a freaking little Super 8 camera. They're trying to make a little home movie. You know, and it's awesome. He's like, dude, the dude, <laughs> the uh, the production. Oh, what's that freaking term? I feel like an idiot now because I'm talking as this filmmaker. I don't know what it's called. The uh, production value. Mm. He's like, dude, this train's coming. We got we got to roll the production value. Yeah. It's gonna be insane. <laughs> yeah. and, then they, and then they catch the uh, the train crash on. He's like, oh my god, insane, bro. He's like, that's gonna look amazing on film. Yeah, that's that's totally like a student film thing to say. Yeah, train crash happens. He's like, the production value of this is gonna be crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, that shot was crazy. I mean, I was on a lot of sets and I was at SCAD where we do these little shitty rigs, which is literally like an official term in the film industry, a shitty rig. Oh, yeah. When you do something, you don't really have the budget for it. And uh, you just kind of have to fashion this thing. Like, I can't tell you how many times we put cameras loosely on top of ladders. Jeez. $80,000 cameras on top of a ladder. <laughs> Just that have seems it, a little scary. Throw a sandbag on top of it. Throw a sandbag <laughs> underneath it and call, call it a day. It's toast. Like that one time when someone yeah. threw your backpack on the ground with a lens in it. <laughs> in uh, Mayo's classes one time. Hey, Chloe, this one's for you. Um, in Mayo's classes one time. I had a lens. It's a Rokinon. Now, to be fair, did you have it in a case? Or was it just placed in the backpack? No, it was in my backpack because we were filming something that day and, and I needed okay. it. Okay. Um... But it was in kind of like the cup holder section of my backpack. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't, it. it wasn't visible. It yeah. was like a zipper one. And uh, it was sitting in my chair, and Chloe went to go sit down in my chair and took my backpack and tossed it on the floor. I, I walked in right as it happened, and I go, <gasps> Chloe. <laughs> you knew it was toast, I, right? I knew it. I heard it. Oh, I did. heard it. I heard it because it landed right on it. And I didn't hear like the shatter or anything. I just, just heard, heard like the, the, I heard the plastic just. You know, yeah. like hit it. It was like pretty solid thud because that's a it was a heavy piece of glass. And I was just, oh man, oh no. You knew you were because toast. Now it's scad. Those lenses they're not great. Yeah. It was just like I had bought it with my own money. It's a matter of principle, right? Yeah. I had bought it. Now for me, five hundred dollars is a lot bigger of a deal than it is for a major college film well, school. Yeah, you yeah. know, at scad we called those lenses the fantastic plastic <laughs> because they just got the job done. Yeah. You know. And they come in your basic 24, 35, 50, 85, 135, you know, stuff like that. But uh, it was, it was I, remember, I remember this vividly as a 35 millimeter Rokinon RT 1.5. Um, threw it on the ground, cracked it. Not cracked, the, it cracked the UV filter that was on it just to protect the lens. Well, protected the lens, the front portion of it, but an internal had broken in it. No longer you could were I. Toast. I could no yeah. longer. I mean, I could still focus it, but I could no longer use. You the, didn't stand a chance. I could no. I could no longer use the aperture blades. The ring had separated from the blades, and it was just stuck at one point five. Okay. So if you're filming in low light, still useful. But I eventually just sanded it down, painted it gold, and mounted it to a little stand, and gave it to her as a as a as a trophy. <laughs> as a trophy. I gave it to her as a trophy when we graduated. Congratulations! It became, a, it became yourself. A, became a running joke. Still to this day, I'm Chloe. Th- shout out! Thank you so much for breaking my lens. Yeah, we we appreciate it. It's all right. I've uh, gone up in the world. I have much nicer lenses now. So, anyways, not to flex on y'all. Not not to, not to flex or anything. Not to flex, but, but it's uh, hey, 
It's one ten. Let's wrap up. Yeah. Our so so Ford versus Ferrari. I give it a high film, low picture. I would agree with that. I would agree because a film seems like it's a strong film, strong strong film. But it, it could a, possibly a, be a picture, maybe a weak picture. You know, it it. I, I don't I don't like I don't want to use the word weak. No, I don't give it weak because that was a great. Movie. It was great, but it's just compare. We're, we're, I'm comparing to the films of this year best. Yeah, four stars. Yeah, I give it four stars out of five. Yeah, four stars. Um, very entertaining, incredible performances, incredibly directed. Just oh, what all I around, tell highly you, recommend. That uh, let me hold. On. I I just got it. I got to tell you this, just because mm-hmm. if you're like me, I love one of my favorite things about watching movies is seeing the supporting cast and seeing where all they've been because how successful they are of all the stuff they've been in, but they don't ever get the credit or recognition. Yeah, hey, let's give him a shout out on here on Real Talk. Well, I mean, he's 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 known in the industry. I know. Course. Well, I mean, just let's just let's just give them the credit but, uh, they deserve. I'll tell you this: Ray McKinnon is a boss. Okay, who is he? He was the what? What would you call that? Like his right hand man, Matt Damon's right hand man in the thing. He was kind of like the. Did all, he was kind of like the mechanic. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, okay. He's, he stayed there late working on the car. And... Yeah, okay. He was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? If you haven't seen that, you definitely should. Haven't seen it. You haven't seen that? Mm-mm. The Coen Brothers? It's it's a modern-day retelling of the Odyssey. Haven't but seen set it. in, like, Louisiana with Mm-mm. John Turturro, George Clooney. Great movie. He was in Apollo 13, okay? Have seen that. He was in... Love it. What did he uh, play in Apollo 13? Jerry uh, Bostock or Bostock, Fido White. Okay. Uh, he was in The Blind Side. Good movie. He was in uh, The Missing. He was in Dolphin Tail, the remake of Footloose. He was in uh, Dolphin Tail. I'll tell you what I my personal favorite thing that he was in. Uh, I believe he was in Deadwood. I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't know what Deadwood is? Oh, no. Thomas, you're missing out. This is why I lie a lot. <laughs> hey, I get that though. You know, when well, because whenever people say, have you seen this? And you're like, no. Then they go, what? Okay, you haven't seen I, it? I don't like that, though. Like, I get not seeing it, and you feel like, yeah, I should be seeing it. But, like, I don't get the whole thing of, like, how have you not seen it? Like, how is it a sin that I haven't seen? Yeah, there's a million movies. Yeah. I've just, why, I've, can't, I've watched... why can't some slip through the cracks? You know, yeah. what's the deal with, like... I've been trying. I've watched 14 movies this and what's month. The de- you know, I'm, I'm, I've only had an X amount of years on this planet, an X amount of those X amount of years... Yeah, where I'm able to understand these movies. It's really annoying coming from an older generation. Yeah. And they're like, what? You haven't seen Metropolis from 1923? <laughs> or whenever that movie came out? 29, maybe? When did that come out? I feel stupid. I think it's 29. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Olis film. Came out in 1927. Frick, dude. Got it wrong. I have seen that movie, though. So I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Um, silent film. Halfway decent, should watch it. Um, hey, you know what I watched the other day? What's that? Film from 1902. Really? Uh, a Trip to the Moon. Was it good? You seen Hugo, Martin Scorsese? Yes. You know the moon in it with the bullet in its eye? Yes. That's where that originated from. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, A Trip to the Moon. It's this old, I mean, it's creepy to watch it, but it wasn't made to be creepy. It's just because It's just it's, creepy because of the music. Is it French? And it's, ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. How long was it? It's like 18 minutes. Oh, so was it just on like YouTube or something? It's on Netflix, I think. Oh, it is? Yeah. 
Um, a trip to the moon. Was it a silent film? Yes. Yeah. I mean, music and stuff, but yeah, a trip to the moon came out in 1902. It's eight. Yeah, it's 18 minutes long. Um. Yeah. Let me see. I'm looking up to see. Yeah, no, it, it is French. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how to say the director's name. Georges Melies or something. I don't know. Georges Melies. That's good to know. Yeah. You should watch it. Don't it's th- on Netflix? Don't take any time. Yeah. A Trip to the Moon? <laughs> I was also watching a uh, Charlie Chaplin film on YouTube the other day. Oh really? What a god he is, dude. He was Those a movies are funny. If you if you I, you know what I can't stand when people say they don't like watching black and white movies. Yeah, what's the deal with that? It's so simple-minded. Yeah. A trip to the moon. It's the same thing as with subtitles. No. no Tom, you're missing out on so not, many different movies. No. It's not? No. Well, you're on the UK. No, I took off. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, well, it used to be on there. A trip to the moon? Yeah. Well, then it's probably on YouTube. Let me see. YouTube. 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 Hey, while you're on YouTube watching Trip to the Moon, subscribe to Real Talk on YouTube. You can watch the videos of our RTS shorts. You can. Those are full video podcasts. They're only 28 to 30 minutes long. Yeah. Go watch them. Um, Sorry for the quick plug. Hey, do you know what the first narrative film ever made was called? What's that? The Great Train Robbery. Oh, I I know this. I've heard. And of did this. you know? You might know this. I think I might have told you this before, but the audience might not know this. Yeah, you told me this. Yeah. When the movie came out in theaters, and theaters didn't really exist then like they do now. They were really small theaters. You know, just watch them on the screen, and a lot of times they were just little booths that you go and you pay a, pay a nickel or something. You watch it because these movies are pretty short, like eighteen minutes, for example. Um, yeah, it's on. Uh, Trip to the Moon is on YouTube. But uh, when there's a shot in the Great Train Robbery from the tra- from like where the camera's on the tracks and the train's coming straight at the camera, people jumped out of their seats because they thought they were about to get hit by a train. Wow! Can wow. you imagine how crazy that would be to well, see? Well, I mean, it makes sense because when you think about it, the the only like form similar to that of a movie in that time that was common it's was like play. plays, it's like which were live and there. So I mean, yeah, not I mean. God, if I could time travel and see that, you know, that'd be incredible. Because now movies are just so like, even in 3D, mm. we're not amused. Yeah. Also, little note, side note, sidebar, whatever the fuck. I hate 3D. Really? I hate it. It's nauseating. Yeah, it I is can't kind focus of on nauseating. It. But I mean, it's really only used for like kid movies nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I saw Jurassic World. Oh, in 3D. In 3D, because I had to. It was the only showing. The uh, standard screenings were show were sold out. We what if gr- they made 3D contacts? That'd be really nice. Oh yeah. Well, part of the nuisance of a 3D movie is the glasses. Yeah. No, no one likes them. No. I mean, now, granted, they are better than the old red and blue paper glasses they yeah, used to get. Those were. Do you remember those? Yeah, I remember those. Those are classics. Yeah. Now you can't even really tell the color in them. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Um. Hey, funny side note. Um. I was in New Mexico on my ski trip a couple weeks ago, you know? Yeah. We went into this uh, little shop, this little local place in Taos, New Mexico. <clears throat> That's T-A-O-S, for those of you who are curious how you spell that. Don't you love words spelled weird? 
Love it. Taos. Like T-A-O-S. Ba- like, like, like Bear County. Yeah. Well, like when, spelled B-E-X-A-R. Well, well, like when two vowels are next to each other. Yeah. You're like, how do you say this? What like, is oh, this? Taos. Anyways, <clears throat> that was stupid. Um, Well, anyways, we went into the store and this lady, yep, there they are. Um, This lady had, she was selling her paintings and she'd figured out how to make them 3D. Wow. So you put on those same 3D glasses mm-hmm. and they're 3D. So she had like That's these. That's actually like, really cool. It is. Yeah. I don't know how she did. I asked her and she's like, don't want to give away my secrets. Yeah. But also, even if I did, it would take me years to explain it because it took me 20 years to figure out. Yeah, how to do like, it. I was like, Jesus. Um, But it was really cool because she was doing these like New Mexico lands- landscapes, you know, these big rock formations. Yeah. Things like that. But in the background, it was like galaxies in space. Oh, wow. So you could tell the different planes in these yeah. different dimensions kind of it was really cool i have no idea how she did it although part of me was like a little skeptical <laughs> i was like i think this is probably really easy this or, i say probably this might be really easy to do it's just hard to figure out it's hard to figure out yeah. and so she's like i don't want to tell him because i need to seem more credible and my prices need to be seen more worth it that that's the that's the uh interesting that's process. the skeptic in me yeah you know but i mean it I tell you what I couldn't do it. No, I, I couldn't. No, I couldn't make no. a three D picture of a stick, a stick figure. <laughs> no, I went to. I, I, I took color theory, design, and drawing. You took drawing? Yeah, had to. Oh, wow. it's required. That's like one of the. Uh, Are you a good drawer? Uh, I'm not the worst. I drew. I did draw a pretty fire tape dispenser one time. Oh, really? Yeah, just because I, ha- I had to. You had to draw like you don't have to, but you had to. I had to. Yeah, I had to. In this, in these circumstances, I had to draw a tape dispenser. We would do these things. It's really funny. Called blind contours, where uh, <clears throat> excuse me, bless you. Yeah, we would do these things called blind contours, where you can't take the pen off the paper and you can't look at it. You just had to look at what you were drawing and draw it. Oh God, like that. And then yeah. you look down, it'd be so bad. <laughs> be so bad it was the easiest assignment i've ever done because you could just make something that looks like oh, it's horrible yeah and it was it was like it's like good job I, on it. it was like good job i see what you did here with this and how it how it represents the human nature whenever we're uh, struck with tragedy <laughs> and, you're, and you're like what dude <laughs> just drawing a tape dispenser what the hell are you talking about that's that's and that's that's one of the great joys of going to an art school you if you're, you're surrounded a, by people that are 10 times smarter if you're a good bullshitter Oh, you'll do fine. <laughs> Jeez, because well, you gotta apply yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, but like, you kind of have to be, because the professors are all looking for this deep meaning in things, and it's like, hey, man, sometimes it's just a picture of a cactus. You know, there's always a deeper meaning. I think, Thomas. I don't know, not for the students. Uh, the stu- I mean, some of them do, some of them take it seriously, but there's people like me who just have to do that class because they're required. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just drawing a cone because you said I have to draw a cone to get a good grade in this class. The cone doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Neither does the composition, frankly. I just made all that up. Because <laughs> every time you did a uh, project, you had to write like a statement about the, about it. Yeah. To like kind of give the viewer context mm-hmm. as to what they're looking at. and kind of like allows them to think deeper about it. Mm-hmm. Those were the funnest things to write. Really? Because I would just make it this meaning, this bullcrap meaning. <laughs> And I, I I did this in design because we had to do these like bigger projects in design, yeah, like with paint and all these different uh, medias. Um, so funny because when you present it to the class, the whole class knows it's bullshit, but the teacher's like, "Oh my gosh, yes, 
So yeah. So everybody's just like laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous, but it's so fun. Um, but at the same time, it's a pain in the ass, to say the least, um, because these projects are very time consuming. Mm, that's a shame. Um, but at least that's funny when you present it. That yeah, is, if you don't have like anxiety about um, public speaking. But usually, like, I mean, the way SCAD did it, you're pretty friendly with all the kids in your class. Because, I mean, at least your first year, because they do this thing. It's like blocks. Oh, you're telling me about this, where you have a class with people they, on they the make, floor? They, they, they choose one class for you, and they put you in the class with a bunch of people from your floor. Okay, that's cool. That way you get to know people from your floor, and you got, like, neighbors and stuff like that, and, you know, and you're friendly with them. Which is good um, on paper. Yeah. You know. A lot of things look good on paper. Communism, that's one of them. Uh, doesn't work out in real life, though. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not a communist. Jesus. All right, hey, uh, we're at that 123 mark. Carson, you want to get into our recommendations of the week? Oh, boy, yeah, we better do that. That was, that was a nice little candid section there, nice. wasn't it? Yeah, it, that really, was good. Tied, it really Talked tied about the communism. Hey, Thomas, can I ask a random question? Have you ever seen the movie The Big Lebowski? Clips. Thomas, I'm really disappointed. It's on my list. I... How could you not have watched that? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, I just peeked. I apologize, people. Hey. Mike, Mike number one just turned red. Hold this L. Yeah, give me, give it. There's the L. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, all right, Thomas. I think who went first last time? I did. So you go. All right. I saw Thomas's recommendation already. Let me just tell you, we're both giving you. We're not giving you. We're not recommending films to you. We're These not recommending are- movies. These are straight up. We're not recommending pictures. These and it says on on both of them in all caps, cinematic motion picture. These are both bangers. These these are classics, and 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 it's almost it's almost to the point where us recommending them to you, we shouldn't even have to, because you should already have watched these. Yeah, no, these are not little underground films. No, mine more than Carson's. Not being underground. I mean, mine, huh? mine is more underground than Carson's. Yeah. But Jesus Christ. All right, what is all it? Right, what is all it? Right, all right. We, my, we, my, we, my, we picture, my cinematic motion picture is a 1990 American. Oh, did it really come out in 90? Yeah. Oh. Italian crime film directed by a one Martin Scorsese <whistles> produced <whistles> by Erwin Winkler. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Erwin Winkler is? No. Hold that L. He did Raging Bull. Oh, really? Some stuff for yeah. Okay. Um, and it's and it's about the rise and fall of Henry Hill, played by Ray Liotta, alongside Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Jesus Christ, Carson! What's the name of it? Goodfellas. Oh. Give me that. This movie is such a banger. The United States Film Registry, the Library of Congress, is preserving this. Because it is historically and aesthetically significant. Wow. Give me that. Okay, this this picture, it, it's I mean, it's it's a little long. I'm not don't don't get me wrong. I think two and a half hours, not terrible. But uh great, great movie. Great, great, great movie. I just, you know, I think I think even Samuel Jackson has a little bit of a role in it. Does um he? yeah, I, I remember him being in it somewhere. It's not that long of a role. Um but one of my personal favorites, if you like Scorsese, if you like De Niro, this might be one of their uh, masterpieces. 
Joe Pesci, you know, you think I'm funny, I amuse you like a clown, you know, that's a that was all improv. Total banger, you know. Yeah. You just don't beat that. Speaking of which, before we get to mine, do you want to watch that scene? I would love to. It is a freaking classic. <laughs> Nothing would give me more pleasure. It is a classic. All right, let's watch this. What's really funny is that the fucking bank job away in Sea Caucus, I'm in the middle of the fucking weeds, laying down. He comes over, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm resting. Here you're resting. Got a fucking beach in a park. I said, I'm resting. I know I'm resting, I'm resting. They pull me in, they start giving me all kinds of questions, you know, this and that. He says, oh, uh, so what are you going to tell us, tough guy? I said, my usual, zero, nothing. I tell you, the fuck. He says, no, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. This hey, section hey, is not hey, PG. Strong, <laughs> strong, strong language <laughs> warning. Kind of late for that. I yeah. I come out of it. Who do I see in front of me? This big prick again. He says, oh, what do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Ming, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> what a classic. I thought he was going to shit. Ray Liotta is so so amazing <laughs> in this. Big just You're a funny guy. You're really funny. You're really funny. What do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it takes it as an offense. So subtle. Yeah. Story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> you mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? Tommy, classic. no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how. <laughs> <laughs> all improvised. What? Just, you know, it was? You're yeah, it was, right? You mean, so, let me understand this, because I don't you know. Maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how. I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. <laughs> I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. <laughs> what do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... Do you know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is <laughs> Dude, so what good, a boss. Man. This went down in cinema history. Oh, for sure. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 I almost had it. I almost had it. Oh, man. That is a classic. Yeah, hey. it is. Incredible recommendation this week from Carson Davis. Thank you. Hey, 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 hey. your boy. Yes, Thank you, Carson, that. for that give one. That. Now I've got one for you. Do you want to know what it is? Nah, they don't. Let's just let's just end this episode. <laughs> just leave them hanging. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Mine. This movie shaped me. Yeah, this as is a person, one of Thomas's favorites. As a person, especially as a filmmaker, I've always said if I can make a movie like half as good as this one. A tenth as good as this one, I'd be. It's it's all I could ask for. Yeah, it's all I could ask for. Directed by James Marsh, starring Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, the cinematic motion picture, the theory of everything. Guys, must watch. Really, one of my favorite performances of all time by Eddie Redmayne. He won Best Actor for this. Uh, I think this came out in twenty fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it came out in 2015. 15? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe no, it came getting... out in 2014. You probably won it in 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're right. Well, hey. I've like only... seen this movie before. I've seen this movie. I can't tell you how many times. I own it, obviously. I've purchased it. 
If I purchase it, it means I either had to or I just loved it that much. Wow. Wow. And both of those, I had to purchase it. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> because I loved it so much. Yeah. It's just, yeah, my, this movie blows me away every time. Every time. I think it's got one of the best endings. It's one of those movies where, like, you know, we talked about Don't Enough with Cats. Yeah. Sprinkles, these breadcrumbs around, right? Okay. And all the pieces fall into place at the end of it. And then it just leaves your mind just blown. Mind blown. Mind blown. Mind blown. This is the story of uh, Stephen Hawking. It's his, uh, his uh, biography. Mm-hmm. and uh, Biopic. Biopic, um, if you will. Just, I don't want to say too much about it because it will ruin the experience for you. Like, there's just so many little details in it. Like, I can't, I can't give you a spoiler, spoiler alert. It is on Netflix, though, correct? It is, it is. And guys, go watch it right now. Turn off this horrible podcast and go listen to it because it's ending. Or go watch it. Yeah, podcast is ending. It is ending. And on that note, um, hey, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at real tlk underscore podcast. Um, we are now active on Facebook, and that is a real TOK podcast without the underscore because you weren't allowed to have underscores when we made this uh, handle. Hey, and hey, Real Talk, it's brought to you by you, okay? Yeah, guys, become a supporter on Anchor. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month or even up to $10 a month. If you do if you do $10 a month, we get a little extra kickback, an extra uh, 13% of, Give me that. To, to the dollar because Anchor takes their portion. Um, please consider supporting us. This podcast takes a lot of time to do, and it requires certain expenses, um, and it would mean the world to us, guys. We love you, Real Talk audience. Yes. And I don't just say that to anybody. No. That's that's important <laughs> no. when yeah. I say the yeah. L word. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. And we'll remember, next week, three movies. We're giving you homework, okay? Got to watch Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, and Marriage Story. All right, guys. Hey. And we'll see you then. We'll see you. Well, by the way, we said we'd watch the Glengarry Glen Ross monologue. So you know what? Tune in this Friday to Real Talk Shorts, where we watch that. All right, guys. It's been another good one. Any closing notes, Carson? Hey, it's been a pleasure. listening to Real Talk.